you this over the years. I want to tell people about all the miraculous things I've seen God do and all the incredible things that the Lord has done in my life and the incredible changes uh, that have happened in me. And those are all wonderful things because the, uh, you know, the Bible says, the Bible says we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so we, we like to testify about the great things that God has done and the wonderful things that he's done. We also like to talk about the things that are coming. Many churches you go to and, and they, you know, they want to talk about, um, and we, we do this here as well, don't get me wrong, but sometimes what we do is we, we emphasize you know, the gifts of the Spirit, the demonstrations of the power of the Spirit. We talk about the apostolic and the, the prophetic, and, and it, it starts to get way above some people's heads. And then I believe some people get, begin to get the impression. You know, I believe one of the main reasons why people um, are, are struggling in this hour is because they've departed from a relationship with God. And I think many of them have departed from a relationship with God because they've departed from um, church attendance and being a part of uh, a local body, a, a, a local fellowship. Now, some, some people want to say, well, I don't need to go to church to serve God. Yeah, but you won't serve God unless you go to church. I mean, that's, that, that's okay to say it because, you know, it, it's, it serves you well. But many people, they, they, they don't grow spiritually and they never have and develop any kind of relationship with God because they leave a very important part of the, uh, of, of the equation out. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you, number one, Jesus, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus had a, a tradition. Uh, he went to the temple regularly. That was something that he did. It was, in fact, it says, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue uh, to read the word of God. Amen. And so I'm, I'm and it says this about the disciples and about Jesus, that they were continually in the temple. You know, one time there was a pastor that told Ted, you know, the Bible doesn't say that we have to be at church all the time. And then he had to come and repent to Ted. He said, Ted, I repent. I was reading my, my Bible, and it said they were continually in the temple. That means they were there regularly. They went uh, as often as they could. But I found out people don't have an aversion to Jesus. They have an aversion to church. And, but there's a reason why they have an aversion to church. They think it's because of y'all. Y'all are a bunch of hypocrites. Because we come here and we talk about the apostolic and we talk about the prophetic and we talk, talk about the miraculous and we talk about this great God. And then when they see you in real life, you, your life doesn't add up to those things being... Now, see, you think I'm... What, you, what some of you think I'm doing is you think I'm bringing correction. Listen, listen to me. I'm, I'm going to try to help you here today because some of, some of us... So, some of us are going to start to get in that place where we're like, oh, God, forgive me, I repent. Let, let me tell you something. He already forgave you. You ain't got to get, listen, I'm not going to have an altar call and have some of y'all get up here and rehash all the garbage you do. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, many people don't realize this. Jesus didn't forgive you the day that you went to an altar and knelt down and asked him to forgive you. That's not when you were forgiven of your sins. You were forgiven of your sins 2,000 years ago when he hung on a cross and paid the price for your forgiveness. That's when you were saved. Now, it didn't affect you till you accepted it, till you received it. It's like healing. Healing was provided 2,000 years ago. You don't receive healing until you accept it, till you receive it. 
That's when, it that's when it transforms, changes your life. Same with salvation. Salvation changes your life when you accept what Jesus did. But, so, things to expect in church. Are you ready? Okay. Acts chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this very quickly. Acts chapter 6. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the things that the Bible says you ought to expect to see in church. Turn to someone, tell them, this is what you're going to see at church. Some of you, you're waiting for me to talk about the lame man at the gate, beautiful. Or and We almost never see that stuff at church. And there's a reason why. I'm going to help you with it. Chapter 6, it says, now in the verse 1, now in the days when the disciples uh, were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose. Um, so they're in church, and what happens there was complaining. So one of the things that you're going to find when you go to church is there are going to be complainers. Now, you know why they were complaining? Because the Hellenists were mad at the Hebrews because they felt like their widows were being neglected in, uh, in food service. They were getting their soup late, and they were upset about it. <laughs> so they began to complain. See, this is one of the things that we never talk about you're going to see at church. That's why when people come to church, they look at us bad because they're like, oh, a bunch of complainers in that church. My God, I thought they were Christians. Do you know why, you know why people uh, will get out of church when they hear a bunch of complaining? Because they don't think complaining happens at church. Well, I thought they were Christians. They've been talking about the miraculous. I haven't seen a miracle yet, but I've heard seven people complain. Well, glory. <laughs> Something else you're going to see at church. Acts chapter 5. <laughs> Acts chapter 5. Verse 1. Start with verse 1. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Peter said, Ananias, why had Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? You know what you're going to find people will do at church? They're going to lie. <laughs> this is church folks. This is... <laughs> She's like, I haven't lied yet today. <laughs> this, is, this is church folks. They lied to the Spirit. And, and, and to keep back pro, for, the, for yourself part of the proceeds of land. Next verse, and we'll read just one more verse. While it remained unsold, it, did it not uh, remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not your, at your disposal? Why is it that you've con contrived this deed in your heart? You've not lied to men, but to God. In other words, he's telling me, he said, the money was yours. All you had to do is say you weren't going to bring it. But instead, you lied to the Spirit and said this was all the, that you sold it for. And so there was, there was this lying. We know what the result was. <laughs> they both ended up dead, which is not, not, not a good thing. But anyhow, so some people are shocked when they get to church and there are people there that will lie. Do you, know, do you know why people are shocked when they find people lie at church? Because they've never been told that there will be people at church that lie. 
See, many people, many people come to church and they come to church with this idea that we're talking about miracles and the miraculous and the supernatural and we're talking about this mighty God and this powerful God. And while we're talking, that means that these things don't exist in the church or in our lives. What they don't realize is that we came out of the same filth and hellhole that they came out of. They don't understand that we're fake. You know, there are, there are just as many divorces in church as there are outside of church. There are just as many wife beaters. There are just as many drug addicts in church. There, is, there are just as many that are, that are uh, all kinds of stuff. I could go on and on and on. You know, one time, yeah, one time, what, we, had a, we had a guest at our church one time, and he, uh, he, had, he had made some derogatory, disparaging statements toward one of our members, and then he told one of our members, he said, if you want to try to, if you, if you have a problem with this, meet me out in the parking lot, uh, you can meet me out in the parking lot. That's what this guy said. He was the preacher. What he didn't know was that we've had, we have people here that have dealt with the Mexican cartel, that are ex-cons and in prison. Uh, that we most of our church carries. Listen, don't get stupid. If you if you come to our church and you're gonna shoot people, you better try to get it done quick because you gonna you going down. And these these folks up in here, see, we 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 look at people, we look at Joyce and everybody. Look at all these sweet church people. But see, that's the, that's, the, that's the lie of the enemy. That's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to make people that are outside of the church feel like that they're inferior. And, and he, you know what he wants to tell them? He wants to tell them it's those people that are making you feel inferior. They think they're better than you are. You know what? We don't think we're better than you are because we've been where you're at. Amen. And guess what? We're, st- we're, still, we're still fighting the battle. I mean, look at Ananias and Sapphira. They struggled. They, they were still struggling yet. They lied to the Spirit. Amen. See, some of you never heard this kind of message at church. Can I give you another verse? 1 Corinthians chapter 5. <laughs> it gets way better. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting with verse 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. (laughs) And of a kind, look, look at this, and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife. Guess what? You're going to find at church. There are going to be perverts at church. There are going to be people that struggle with sexual immorality at church. In fact, at the Corinthian church, uh, 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 and I hope he was a stepson with his, you, you understand what I'm saying? But there is a son that has married his mother. And this was in church. That, that letter was written to the, see, see, some of y'all looking like, wait a minute. Now, I'm not saying these things are permissible. It's just that they're not things that we've expounded on and that we've let people... Listen, there's a place for everyone at the feet of Jesus. 
Now, sh should, should we say it's okay? You can marry your mother and we'll accept you. No, uh, you, you can come to church and we're, we're going to pray for you. We're going to see you through this. We're going to get you to the other side. We're going to believe God that he's going to change you like he's changed us. That, that You might battle, but you can win the battle. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 4. <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. I'm going to have to make this quick because we don't have a whole lot of time. Do your, amen. Did I say 2 Timothy? Yeah, that's it. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Do you know what's going to happen? People are going to leave church. People are going to leave you. You're going to make friends and, and, and y'all are going to think that you're in tight and everything is good and then all of a sudden they're going to be gone. Well, why can't we have a church where nobody leaves, where everybody can? Because in the early church, right in the beginning, people left church. People left relationships. I'm sure that, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Paul was writing this letter to Timothy. I'm sure Paul's feelings were hurt. Any of, any of y'all ever had your feelings hurt when a friendship broke up? But you know, when it happens at church, now that many, many times what happens in church is that the person, you know, that still stays in church gets, they're, they're, demon, you know, they're demonized. Some old wretched church people. See how they are? They think they're better than everybody else. We don't realize that that's the, an attempt of the enemy to alienate us from a place that will help us to develop the relationship with God that we need to make it through this present age. See, the devil, the devil wants you susceptible to his influences. You know what the devil wants you to believe? The devil wants you to believe that this country is an upheaval and Christians are helping because you know what we're saying? This country's in upheaval. I'm going to tell you right now. Do you know that this country is in the same place that uh, it was at other times in history? That this isn't the first time that this, hap this has happened? That th this is the first time these things have happened in some of your lifetimes. But this is, isn't, we, we have faced uh, what, what the government called pandemics before. There have been these things that have happened in this country before. There have been people, uh, th th religion has been targeted. Uh, Christianity has been targeted. The, I, I mean, regularly throughout history, the devil has sought to eradicate Christianity from planet Earth. People have decided that church isn't the place to be, that they ought to home. You think home church is new? You know what? It comes around all the time. Now, where are all those home churches that were around the first time it came around? Guess what? They're not around. Do you know why? Because it wasn't church that they were trying to have. They were trying to, you know what? A bunch of hurting people were gathering in somebody else's house, and they didn't gather around Jesus. They gathered around their hurt. You know what? We're not supposed to gather around what we have in common from the past. You're not supposed to gather around the, the fact that you've been abused. You're not supposed to gather around the fact that you were a drug addict. You're not supposed to gather around the fact that you're an ex-con. You know, if, you, if, if we started groups at church, ex -con, the ex-con small group, you know, that's going to go in the toilet right away. 
the food's going to be smashed up ramen, you know. You know what I'm saying? They'll be making all this prison food. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Everybody going to wear their slides up in there. <laughs> uh, you know that's all those are, prison shoes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. $250 prison shoes. <clears throat> are y'all hearing me today? Some of you seem to be sobering up. You know what? Jesus said something about the people that would come to, to him, that they would be sick and they would be hurting. Luke chapter 5, verse 31, it says, And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. You know, I, I, I think I told this here. You know, when King David, King David, when, once, once God had anointed King David to be king, how many of y'all remember David? He defeated Goliath. God had anointed David to be king. God had put his spirit upon David to be king. When he did, Saul wanted to kill David. And David, David was trying to be amicable, but it wasn't working. So eventually David went and he hid himself in a cave. Uh, the, the, they call it in the Bible the cave of Adullam. And he acted like he was crazy. He would foam at the mouth and act nuts so they would leave him alone. But the Bible says this, that those that were in debt and those that were in distress and those that were discontent gathered themselves to David. That those that were in distress and those that were in debt and those that were discontent gathered themselves to David. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Do you know why those that were in debt, distressed, and discontent gathered themselves to David? Because those are the kinds of people that the anointing attracts. Those are the kinds of people that are attracted to Jesus. Those that are hurting. Those that are struggling. Those that are at the end of their rope. Those that don't know how they're going to make it to the next day or to the next week or to the next month. Those that have been disheartened in other areas of life. Those, Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Some of you have been hurt in church. You, you, you feel like that you came through uh, some church hurts in the past and whatnot. And I'm going to tell you right now. Your only hope is back in the place where you got hurt. And I know it sounds crazy, and I know it sounds mad, but you know what? Maybe the last time you were in there, your, your eyes were upon men. You were looking at the liars. You were looking at, the, uh, you were looking at those that uh, had abandoned others. You were looking at those that were uh, you know, into some kind of sexual uh, immorality, sexual perversion. Are y'all hearing me today? I mean, now, nowadays we have preachers. You know, yeah, the pe people want to hang preachers that, that, that get over there and fall off into, into um, immorality. We want to we act like that they've done the worst thing on planet Earth. Because how can a Christian, how can a Christian, I'll tell you how a Christian can, because a Christian came into this life struggling with those things. And we don't, we don't always win the battle right away. 
There's a fellow, he, he used to be here in Oklahoma City. Maybe he's now in Tulsa. His name is Dennis Jernigan. He was a worship leader. And for years, for years, he struggled with sexual impurity in his life. Someone asked him the question. They said, they said have you gotten over it? They, they were interviewing him. They said, how did, how did you win that battle? He said, win. He said, I'm still fighting. While I'm up there singing songs that you sing in church. Are y'all, is anybody hearing me today? Maybe I'm at the wrong church. I don't, listen, I don't know about you all, but I'm in a battle. I'm in a battle every day. I'm in a battle every day to separate myself unto the Lord and to live for him 100%. And guess what? Most of the time, I don't succeed. Most of the time, I allow something in my life that, that doesn't allow me to get over there in the place that I know that God wants me to be. But am I going to give up? Am I going to sit up? But listen, my God, listen, I'm, I'm a lot farther now than I was 10 years ago. Amen. I think I told you all, I went to lunch with, a, with an old friend of mine, and I looked at them. They said, you know, so, so how are you doing? And these folks, they, they always have kind of taken... <laughs> I don't know. I guess because we've seen a lot of success and a lot of victory in doing the things that God's called us to do. Some people are just waiting. I mean, I've been in the ministry now 38 years. 38 years. And some people that have, that have uh, seen us from the beginning, some of them because I, 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 you know, faith talks big. Faith doesn't talk small. So when you start to talk faith, you'll talk big. Well, when you talk, how many of you know people don't like big talk? When you go to talking big talk, there are people like, well, he ain't going to get his. Man, I used to get so mad watching Floyd Mayweather. That guy talked so much noise. I mean, that guy would talk so much noise. And you know what? Secretly, I'm like, man, he, I hope someone puts him on his butt, man. I hope, I hope this guy just knocks him out. And not, man, he'd get in there, and he'd do just exactly what he said he would do. You know, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I'm like, well... You know, he, he said that's what he was going to do. I mean, if you, I guess if you can do what you say. We've seen plenty of people that talk big talk and ended up on their backsides. But when you got someone, it's always going to be that way. When you have some that talk big and they have success and they haven't fallen. I, I had people tell me, you can't start a church. You can't have no church. You can't do that. You can't start it. You're not, you're not a, you can't do that. Listen, you, you can't tell me. I have to, I love you, but I, I don't listen to you. I listen to him. And if he said it, we're going to do it. They told me I wouldn't be an evangelist. Here I am 38 years later. They told me we couldn't have long revivals. We, we have eight, we had, we ended a nine, a 10 month revival last year. Some, some will just turn away and, oh, you know, just ignore them. Just ignore him. He thinks he's all that. Just because you're talking faith. Right. What, because I won't go around in the mully grubs dragging my behind behind? Oh. Go ahead, man. God's people are so terrible. They won't take care of us. We can barely make ends meet. Oh, isn't it terrible? Oh, woe is us. Now we've got an administration that's against it. What are we going to do? My God, the witches. The oppression. The devil worships such oppression. My God. 
Is that, is that really how you, is that really how we're, I mean, I thought, I thought he caused me to triumph. Isn't that what the Bible, isn't it, doesn't the Bible say, thanks be to God who causes us to triumph. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm pressed, but not crushed. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I've been struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Does anybody hear what I'm saying today? You might be weak, but you're not defeated. Amen. It's not over. Amen. And I ain't waiting for a fat lady to sing. Somebody went to singing in the back, but I'm not going to look to see. I think it might have been Jess. Jess, you don't know. No. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 So I went, to, I went to lunch with some friends, or some old friends, friends that were, you know, we're more acquaintances now. But anyway, I mean, I, lo- I love them, don't get me wrong. But they're, the, they're, they're of the type that they wish that something, they, they just wish that the other should, they just wish that there was something that would come. I mean, Go ahead, man. I mean, are you always happy? Yeah. Are you always triumphant? Oh, yeah. Well, listen, that, you know, the fact that I'm always triumphant doesn't mean I never go through a battle. Right. But I'm not going to get on Facebook, oh, pray for me, brothers. Pray for me. Unspoken request. Well, if you didn't want to speak about it, what'd you get on Facebook for? Share it with 250 million people. <laughs> but I sat down and, and I told him, I said, you know, I feel, I feel farther away from God today than I've ever felt before. They almost got a look of glee in their face. Really? We're, we're, we're praying for you, brother. I said, well, yeah, amen. You know, I mean, I don't know whether you're praying right or not. I said, but let me tell you how to pray. And then they got upset again because like, always, in, always trying to control. Yeah, especially what you say. Especially how you pray because I've seen you. Can't stay in any church because you got offended. God called you to ministry same time he called me to ministry. You've never done ministry. Never gotten out. Well, they claim to do ministry, but what they do is they just jump on someone else's coattails and God had, God had greater things that he intended for. And they, they, by the way, they will be listening to this. You say, how do you know? Well, because most of the stuff I preach ends up coming out of their mouth at some point in time. But I didn't tell you their name. <laughs> but I, t- I looked at him, I said... That's not to say that I'm farther from God than that. Now, see, some of y'all looking at me. Here's the thing. Faith doesn't talk small. Faith talks big. When, listen, when you start talking faith, people are going to get the wrong impression. They're going to get the wrong idea. They're going to think that you're full of yourself. They're going to think that you, you've, you've gotten over there and, and that you're self-righteous and all these things. But you know what? Faith is the only kind of talk that's going to bring you out from where you're at to the place where God wants you to be. Amen. 
But today, you know why I'm preaching this today, why I'm talking about this today? Because I'm, I'm attempting to get us to the place where we can begin to communicate to people that are outside of church, that have disconnected from church, that are no longer a part of church. You know, once people got out of church um, during COVID when they shut down churches, you know what, you know what, what, you know what churches didn't, uh, you know what they didn't, um, uh, they didn't know what would happen. They didn't realize that people would all of a sudden begin to find freedom. Freedom. Freedom from legalism. Freedom from making, being made to feel bad every week because all we talked about was miracles and healings and signs and wonders. And, and listen, I'm, I'm all about healings and miracles, signs, wonders, and revival. That's what my ministry's all about. But you know what? We're in a battle. And this battle we're going to fight all the way until either Jesus comes back to take us home or until we're dead. But it's a battle that I'm willing to fight. It's a fight to praise, to thank you, to praise and to worship him, to honor him the way he wants me to. Sometimes I want to come in here and I want to do things my way because my way is easier than his way. My way keeps me from having to interact with people that I don't particularly care to interact with. My way allows me to be more introverted than extroverted, and most people don't know this, but I'm, I'm a natural introvert. I've had, to become, I've had to become extroverted to do what God called me to do. Do you know how difficult that is? you know how bad that sucks? When you, would prefer, when you would prefer to be at home and just be left alone. But God said, I'm going to use you to help my people. <laughs> well, Lord, your people must be nice. Well, no, my people are just like you. They struggle. They face battles. I'm here to tell you today that you can win the battle. You can win the battle. <laughs> Praise God. Glory to God. I'm going to try to finish up here because we've got to. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mary Agnes. Uh, I call Annie Mary Agnes. She's uh, That's not really her name. She's uh, Her name is Mary Ann, but... Uh, um, I like to mess with her. <clears throat> um, open your Bibles with me one more time uh, to the book of Galatians. Chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. It never fails while I'm preaching. You think that they would tell the Bible app not to ask people if they like it on Sundays between, well, at all. Sundays and Wednesdays, it ought to be off limits to ask for a rating. I think I'm going to mention that to him next time I see him. <clears throat> Galatians. In fact, I may text him right now. 
<laughs> I'm going to take that one text him after me. <laughs> that be the first thing he's heard from me in a year. Hey, man, could you like, ask your Bible app to not be asking us questions on Sundays or Wednesdays? <clears throat> Galatians chapter 5. <clears throat> uh, let's look at verse... Um, <laughs> let's look at verse 1. It says this, In this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. So in other words, you know, there, there's, a, there's a song we sing sometimes that says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Why did Jesus set you free? So you could be free, amen. So you could be free. You know what some people think freedom is? Some people think freedom is you're never gonna do anything stupid anymore. That's not the freedom that he made us free with. You know the freedom that he made us free with is? <laughs> he made you free and when you do something stupid you're still going to be free amen you know what you're going to be free to do you're still going to be free to praise him you're still going to be free to worship him you're still going to be free to serve him you're still going to be free to come into his presence amen you're still going to be free to do whatever it is that he's called you to do whatever he's anointed you to do whatever he set you apart to do amen God is not dependent upon uh, your condition. He gave you a position. Your listen, your condition can sometimes be a very poor indicator of your position. In other words, in Christ, we have a position. It's called righteousness. Righteousness means in right standing with God. Well, you know what? Sometimes your condition doesn't look righteous. Sometimes your condition finds you in the middle of a battle, in the middle of a struggle. Listen, there are many of you here. How many of you here ever struggled, struggled with drug addiction? A bunch of you. How many, any kind of chemical dependency, whether it was alcohol or drugs? Near, listen, most of the people in this building have struggled with a chemical dependency. And most of those people that you saw lift their hands were up here like this today. You know what? Some of them, if I asked them, would say that every now and again, they still have a struggle. Sometimes some, listen, you know what triggers it sometimes? They smell a cigarette smoke. You know what? I, I hadn't had this happen to me in years. But we, when we checked out of the hotel out there in Springfield, um, a, a gaggle of girls came in, of teenage girls. You can always tell when it's a gaggle of teenage girls because a, a cloud of noise travels with them. They were traveling through the hallway of this hotel. Just a gaggle, man. I'm telling you. And, and I was like, oh, thank God we're getting out of here today. You know, uh, we, 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 we decided to leave after church on, on, uh, on Wednesday instead of stay until Thursday morning. Uh, uh, we would have had to deal with that all night. But shortly after we hear them come in, all of a sudden I begin to smell the smell of cigarette smoke. Now listen, I'm going to tell you, it's not often, and don't get me wrong, it's not often that, I, that I'm, uh, I'm around uh, in an area where, the, the, where people are, are, are smoking. But it does hit you in a place that brings back memories. With a smell, you can be transported. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? A song. 
a movie. An expression. A saying. Listen, you think some of y'all would stay out of the bar and stay away from men that were bad for you and all that. Now the only place that you stay away from is church. So the only place you now you you think you'd learn it was the devil. <laughs> oh, I was triggered today because that used to happen in my old church, that one I left. Anyhow, so I was just throwing that in for free. <laughs> it's like all, listen, it's like all y'all that were sick during revival. You all do realize you were only sick during revival? Like the day after revival, you're like, I'm going to get out today. I feel better. And you never put two and two together. You got to put now. I'm, that's, not a, that's not a condemning thing to say. It's just like the, the devil is a freaking moron. And we got to learn how to recognize when he's messing with it. He made, it's for freedom that he made you free. He made you free so that when trouble comes, when you're struggling, when you're going through those difficulties, that you, that you remember, he made you free. He made you free. Yeah, but I messed up. Guess what? He made you free. Glory to God. You can make it. You can make it. Amen. So he made us free and completely liberated us. I'm reading this in the Amplified Bible. Stand fast then. See, that's, that's why he made us free. He made us free so that you would stand fast, so that you would take hold of that freedom, that no matter what you were going through, you would know that it's going to be all right. You know, back in the day, we used to sing a song said, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Whoa, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Whoa, I got a feeling Everything's gonna be all right. Be all right. Be all right. Be all right. You know, I threw one in there. I said, Well, I got a promise. Everything's gonna be all right. Listen, when you know that you have a promise, amen, that you have a word from God, you, turn to someone, tell them you have a word from God. You have a word from God that you can stand fast in the freedom that Christ made you free with. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter whether you lied. It doesn't matter whether you complained. It doesn't matter whether you left this church or that church or you abandoned it. Are you hearing me today? It doesn't matter what you're going through. He made you free so that you could stand fast in that freedom and believe that he would see you through to the end. Glory to God. Amen. He's going to see you through. He's going to see you through. Turn to someone, tell them you can make it. The last thing the enemy wants us to do is to get our bearings. And for us to start gathering again. Amen. Amen. How is it that we, when we were in the world, we knew that we would have to put up with liars? We'd go to the bar and we knew there'd be people there that would lie on us. We'd see them at the club. We'd be like, that girl, she's been lying on me. 
Then your friends will be holding you back. No, no, don't do it. <laughs> it's like I was there, right? It was like I was there. <laughs> Look, at Heather's over there. She's the one being held back, right? Yeah. Y'all know, know what I'm talking about. There was, a, there was a resilience that we had. Even though we were lost and, and we didn't know our way, we were in darkness. Even though we were desperate, we went through life. And we didn't like it because we had no way out. When we were abandoned, we felt abandoned because there was no way out. But we weren't surprised. We were hurt, but we weren't surprised. But when you come to the house of God, you know what the Bible says about Jesus? He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. In fact, he told his disciples as he said, lo, I am with you always. See, some people use that scripture to not, to not fly because he said, lo, I am with you always. <laughs> you don't fly? Next time. Yes, next May the 4th, you're jumping in the air. Yeah, right? See, you're gonna, you'll be okay. You're going to fly with you. You fly with me. I'll be about. I ain't going nowhere. That means you ain't going nowhere. Listen, you know, you know when I was, in, you know, when I was being instructed to fly an airplane, first, uh, just before I got my license, I was flying around with my instructor. He's sitting next to me, and he pulled back the power. He said, "All right, find a place to land. You practice. You practice landing without an engine." So I'm looking around. I'm finding a place, and I found a place. And there was an airplane that landed in front of us in this field. It was a grass strip, miraculously a grass strip out of nowhere. He says, okay, go ahead and go around. You're supposed to give it power and go around. When I gave it power, my airplane wouldn't power up. I'm going like this with the throttle. He said, go around. I said, I'm trying. It ain't working. He goes, let me try it. He started trying it. He's like, my God, the engine's dead. I was like, well, you know, here we go. <laughs> we landed in a field out there by Guthrie. We landed in a field. When we landed, I, I, was, I was, you know, I was in student mode. So I look at my instructor. I said, hey, I said, I noticed that you dumped all the flaps there when we were coming in. I said, do you recommend doing that if you're in a situation like this? And, and, he, and he, he looked at me. He goes, man, you need to give me a minute. I said, I said, I said, you okay? He said, dude, we just lost an engine. We had it. We just crashed in a field. I was like, oh, okay, I'll let you, I'll leave you with your thoughts. Um, <laughs> he put his head between his knees, started hyperventilating. I got out of the airplane and talked with the farmer that had landed in front of us. And I'm like, the guy was like, hey, what happened? I'm like, we lost an engine. He said, I figured that out. <laughs> he said, I thought y'all was just coming to say hello till I saw the fan in front stop. I was like, oh yeah, bro, it's dead. He said, you know what it is? I said, if I knew what it was, I'd have fixed it. <laughs> and we were talking and laughing. And then my instructor finally came out. He was woozy. I'm like, dude, relax. I mean, he was like having a panic attack. I finally looked over. You know what I said? I said, you know you'd be dead if I hadn't been in that airplane. 
You know what? He looked me square in the eyes. He goes, he said, you know what? He said, I believe that. I said, you better. <laughs> I said, dude, you better get born again. You better. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You'll be okay, Lindsay. He's not just with you low. He's with you high, too. He's, he said he'd be with. Look at her. She already. It ain't even May yet. She's already. <laughs> Every May, we go to the hangar, and we have uh, May, the, May the 4th be with you day. And sometimes we give airplane rides in the plane. But anyway, um, he's with you, and he always will be. Stand up all over the place. <laughs> he's with you, and he always will be. You know, King David, King David, when writing the Psalms, said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. And we don't want to make our bed in hell, but you know what? If, if we found ourselves there, guess who'd be there with us? Jesus would be. In the most difficult places of life, he's been there. Always. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. You know, I've done stupid stuff, and even when I did stupid stuff, he didn't leave me. I've hurt people's feelings. I've said stuff to people that hurt their feelings. I've said stuff to people I probably shouldn't have said. I've done stuff to people I probably shouldn't have done. I've preached things I probably shouldn't have preached. <laughs> I really ran her off from it now. Yeah. <laughs> There have, been, there have been stuff that I've done that probably I, I, sh I shouldn't have done. And even though people abandoned me, and some of them probably had every right in, within, you know, the context of how we're brought up in life. You know, in their, in their, they probably felt like they had the right to disconnect from me. You hurt me. You said this to me. You preached this wrong or whatever. But you know who never left me? Even though I made the mistakes, Jesus never left me. He never did. And he never will. That's what I want you to know today. When you leave here today, I want you to know that he, he, he gave you freedom so that you could walk in that freedom. No matter where you were at, no matter what you're going through. You know, right now there's lots of things going on in our country politically, economically. There's lots of things going on that we, we can't make heads or tails of. And I know some of us, we've made it a sport to participate in that nonsense. But some of you, you're suffering in your life as a result of it. Some of you, you you're, 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 uh, your anxiety levels are high. Some of you, it's affected your health. Some of you, it's kept you out of the house of God. The CDC has kept people, the, now, you know, no, not the CDC, because the CDC has now gone and said that everyone's okay. Go back to normal. But you know where they're at? They're still back on what the CDC said before. Why do we do that? In fact, you know what? Whether you're vaccinated or not. Now it's, now it's like you don't even have to have the vaccination. Just go on it. Oh, I'm going to get the vaccine. Okay, yeah. Just calm down. It's okay. It's all right. Some people, are you a non-vaxxer? I'm a, I'm a non-needle person, Period. I did drugs, but none of them had a needle involved. You understand? <laughs> I have an aversion to being poked with a needle, period, whether by myself or by a doctor. It's like, boy, you better get away from me with that. 
<laughs> I'd rather go through and <laughs> get poked with a needle. You're risking your life. That's what people say. You're risking your life. I used to be a big Kiss fan. They wrote a song one time, gave it to Wendy Williams. You know what it was? It's my life, and I'll do what I want to, do what I want to, do what I like. It's my life, and I'll do what I want to, do what I want to do. Amen. And I've decided I'm going to be a doer of the word. Amen. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, I pray that the word today will, will bring hope to some, peace to some, strength to some. Lord, that some will begin to make their decisions not based on their own thoughts, their own thinking, their own desires, but Lord, based on your word and what it is that you desire for us. Lord, we know that there are all kinds of things that go on in your house amongst your people. But God, your, your word also declares that you inhabit the praises of your people, that you're with us and that you'll always be with us, that you've given us freedom, freedom, God, that the world doesn't give. The world don't give it and the world can't take it away if we don't let them. And so, Lord, I thank you that today that there are some that are stepping over into a greater measure of freedom and liberty because of what you are doing in this house today. I thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Listen, I'm, I'm almost done. Is there anyone here today, and where's my beautiful son at? He's not even in here, that dirty rat. He's like, Dad, you can count on me, Dad. You can count on me, Dad. Where are you, boy? Where are you? He's in the Tesla, isn't he, watching videos? No, no, he's not. He's probably in the back helping. <clears throat> thank God. Listen, if you're here today and you need to if you need to recommit yourself to the Lord, maybe you've never, maybe you've never thought that uh, you needed it, but today as I was preaching, you were convicted in your, in, the, in your spirit. The Holy Spirit began to deal with you and tell you, man, you need to get some things straight. You know, he does that to me regular. And when he does, uh, if, if, if the occasion necessitates for me to respond to that, I do. You know why? Not because I want to or don't want to, but because his word says so. You know, the Bible says, if any of us sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Amen. He's our advocate. He's our, he's our lawyer. He is the one who advocates for us, not against us. He advocates for us. Oh, listen, think about Jesus being a lawyer. I reckon he'd be a good one. And he's yours. <clears throat> he's there in your defense. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Boy, that, that's good news. Amen. But maybe you're here and you need, to, you need to recommit yourself or rededicate your heart to the Lord. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus ever before in your whole life. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to him. Listen, today, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, you... Uh, you are probably hearing the voice of his spirit declare unto you, it's time, it's time, it's time. 
You can't shake him off. You know what the Bible used to, the Bible, I say the Bible, the old, old, old guys that preach the Bible, people like Shambach and, and these old timers, these old evangelists, they used to call the Holy Spirit the hound of heaven. Because he was determined. He just kept following you. He was just after you. He was on you. And the Holy Spirit is dealing with some of y'all today. You know, I've, I've had people ask me, Brother Ziggy, I know I'm living in sin. I know, I'm, I know what I'm doing is not acceptable to, to the church. Is there hope for me? Listen, when I came to Jesus, what I was doing was not acceptable. But there was only one thing that I knew would, would help. I couldn't do it myself. I tried to do it myself, and it didn't work. I tried to work things out. I tried to change. You know, I tried to get away from drugs, but drugs wouldn't get away from me. And I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, I'm never going to smoke another joint again. <laughs> I go to the... I go to the, I go to skating rink or something, and man, they're lighting up. Here, man. You know, I never had, there was a point in time where I never had to buy another drug because I was determined to get away from it in myself. And the minute you do that, the enemy will start giving it to you for free. He start giving it to you, but all of a sudden it's like free. You're like, I mean, it's free. I'm going to keep myself pure from this day forward. <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon you put up a TikTok of you closing a drain or something. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Lewis here has a viral TikTok. Every thirsty woman from here to Timbuktu has commented on that TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I used to they used to tell that Ted Cuddle story. I'm gonna start telling the Lewis TikTok story. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, man. You, you all of a sudden you swearing off men, you swearing off women. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna keep myself before God. Pretty soon, everybody, which way do you got to swipe on Tinder to, to accept somebody? Is it right? All of a sudden, everybody's swiping right, boy. Everybody's swiping right. You get to your picture, swipe right. Your inbox is loaded, loaded. All your posts are going viral. Talking about how handsome you are. I'm not saying that's happening. That loose is like, Amen. I almost, I almost got on there and said, Lewis will be appearing at the Winner's Church Friends and Family event. <laughs> Live and in person, he'll be demonstrating how to cap off a water line. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to keep his shirt on, though. He's going to keep his shirt on. <laughs> but if you're, listen, if you're here and you need Jesus, today's your day. If you, if you, if you need to pray with me, either a prayer of rededication to the Lord or a prayer for the first time to rededicate yourself or, or to dedicate yourself to Jesus. I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you. Come stand with me and pray with me. Don't be afraid. I know it's a, you know can be a little bit nerve-wracking, but the Bible says this. The Bible says 
if you accept me before men, I'll accept you before my Father. And so it will, it will help to give praise to God and shame the devil. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Rededicate or you need to give your heart to Jesus. Anybody? No? Let's make it quick. Turn around, ask somebody behind you, around you. Ask them if they need someone to come with them. Tell them, I'll go with you. If you need someone to go with you, I'll go with you. I will help you. I will help you. We can get this done. Amen. You know we'll go with you up in this church. When you will run around this church, you know somebody will go with you. Praise God. Now, how many of you would say this? Pastor Zig, will you pray for me? Will you pray that God will help me to walk in the freedom that he's, uh, that he's given us? How many of you will receive prayer today to walk in a greater measure of freedom? All right. Listen, I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to pray for you today. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to pray for y'all today. Let's agree. Let's agree with heaven. Let's agree with one another that we're going to walk in the fullness of the freedom that God has delivered to us, that we're never going to be the same from today forward. Now, Father, we come into agreement right now all over this building, all over this place. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus for each and every individual. Lord, I break every stronghold of the devil. Lord, I, I, I pray that you will cause your people to be able to discern the difference between the truth and a lie that the enemy will be exposed and that your truth will be revealed in them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that they're no longer slaves. They're no longer slaves, but they're free. Hmm? Where are you? Where are you, Nikki? Is she in the back? Andrew, do you sing that song? Come sing that song, will you? He's going to say, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. The, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, just stay with me for one more second. Y'all ain't going to die, I promise. There are tacos out there. You will live. You will live. There are tacos. And I ain't talking, listen, I ain't talking about no Taco Bell neither. You ain't finding no crispy shit. You ain't going to find no crispy shells out there. You understand what I'm saying? No, baby, these are for real. They can't, they, them, them folk out, they can't even talk to you in English right now. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to have to brush up on your Spanish right now. Or hang out with Hilda while you're up there. Or, or someone that's, that, that can do this. But, <laughs> she's like, I know how to say taco. That's all I need. <laughs> someone go get me some grease off of that grill so I can anoint y'all with but no, the Holy Spirit, what he's been doing up here. Like today, I sang another part of that song before we started. When I started to sing that, the anointing, I, I don't know about anybody else, but the anointing, it's like God said, I'm going to touch through that. I've been feeling like God wants to move through these, through the, the, us being obedient to respond to him the way that he wants. I was, I was just responding to the Lord. Uh, it was nice, though, that he responded back. But that's what he wants to do. So as, as Andrew sings this and Gabe plays it, I want you to know that you're leaving out of here. You're no longer going to be a slave. 
you're no longer going to be a slave to fear. You're no longer going to be a slave to, na- to old stinking thinking that kept you from plugging into everything that God wanted, wanted you to be. Amen. Some of you, you're going to start coming back to church. You're going to get plugged into the house of God and to the people of God. You're going to quit finding excuses and you're going to get plugged because you know that you're going to find a deeper relationship with Him by being obedient to His Word. But I want you to sing, Andrew, and I want us to get over there. and let, let the Spirit of God touch you right now where you're at. Thank you, Lord. You unravel me with the melody. You surround me with a song. Come on, sing it with him. Of deliverance from my enemies. Till all my fears are gone. Come on, sing it out. I'm no longer a slave to fear. a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. Come on now. From my mother's womb. Come on, this is true. You You have have chosen me. Love has called my name And I've been born again Into your family Your blood flows through my veins Come on I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God. I'm no longer, I'm no longer a slave to fear. For I am a child of God. Sing it again, sing I am. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. For I am a child of God. Yeah, yeah. I'm no longer a slave. Fear for I am a child of God, and I'm no longer a slave to fear, for I am a child of God. You split the sea so I could walk right 
come on. My fears are drowned in perfect love. Come on. You rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. Come on, he's doing it for you today. You split the sea. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me. You rescued me so I can stand and sing. I am a child of God. For I am a child of God. For I am a child. Of God. Lord, I thank you for each one. I pray, God, that freedom will reign in this place. That as we leave here today, we'll leave out of here knowing that there is absolutely nothing. Your word said we are more than conquerors. That there is absolutely nothing. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing, nothing, nothing will separate us from you or for the things, from the things that you have called us to do. And so I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is falling upon and resting upon each one in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. Praise God. Praise God. Listen, I'm so glad that you came today. I am so glad that you came today. What a wonderful day we're going to have this afternoon. Uh, we're going to have a wonderful time here. Uh, are, what's going on back there? How far along are we in the, They're ready. Is that right? It's ready. It's ready. You got to set up tables. So, so let, let's do this. I'm going to pray over the food. I'm going to ask that we allow our guests 